Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, AEW had a couple shows this week. WWE had a couple shows this week. There were some wrestling shows this week. There was uh, some wrestling this week. Uh, that and a whole bunch more tonight on the Banford Inside podcast. Way to reel them in. <laughs> a bunch the, of wrestling. That's week. what the whole bunch more is. That's doing all the work. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Banford Inside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Bob Smarker. And sitting to my... I, I told Vice, I was like, there's no way we haven't done that one, right? No, I didn't say it, but I thought it. And to my left, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? I don't think, for the record, we have done Bob Smarker, but I could be wrong. There has been over 200-some-odd episodes, and on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 254, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the good smart says, hashtag, boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity at BFR. Uh, Two fifty four. That's that's. It still blows my mind every week. I say the the number, and it, I would have never guessed in a million years we'd have got past fifty, much less two fifty four. But neither here nor there. We're here. We're going to talk a bunch of wrestling, like Bill said, and uh, kick this thing off right. As my wife says, you guys just like to hear you guys. You guys just like to hear each other talk, and it's like, yeah, guilty as charged. <laughs> and out there in Portland, Oregon, we have two beers. Zach Pullman, what's going on, two beer? BFR West in the house. I'm uh, happy to be back. Uh, mostly so I can remind you guys to stay new to your pet. Because <laughs> the Bob Smarker thing. I mean, that's good. That's good. He didn't know I was going to say Bob Smarker. No, that's how much a professional he is. That's, that's just great to say. He picked on that and jumped on that motherfucker. Like it yeah, went you know, I forgot Zach wasn't here last week. It feels like he's always here because he's always here in spirit whenever we're doing the pod. So, yeah, uh, making his triumphant yeah. return is the way I should have said it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fun being a track dad and uh, love going and supporting my boy. But, uh, unfortunately, lately they've been on Thursday nights, all the track meets. But uh, this week it's Saturday, so, yeah. Nice. And how is our big man doing? Uh, he's doing good. Uh, I think he got, like, fifth. He's, like, the fifth best shot putter in the school. So. Nice. Nice, nice job, yeah. Dexter. Keep it going, man. Keep it going, big Dex, man. The we word are, of the day is called scholarship. <laughs> we, are, we are coming at you from, uh, you know, rainy St. Charles, Missouri, but it's nice outside and it's not humid oh outside. Oh, my God. Don't even talk to me about rain. Oh, man. Well, it Spring can rain in, in both places, it is, Zach. It is bonkers. Oh, I'm, I'm not, like, one-upping you at all. I'm just saying, like, this, like is, this has been, like, my life uh, lately. Like, I mean, I don't mind the rain at all. Uh, but I feel like I'm like Brandon Lee and the Crow out here. Just it's bonkers. You said Brandon Lee and the Crow. That's that's a good reference, though. Speaking of Brandon Lee and the Crow, I was thinking about the Crow the other day because I watched the new Batman. Have you guys seen the new Batman? I have not. Oh yeah, I saw it in the theater. Zach, did you number like it? Number two Batman. Number two Batman. In my I, I liked it a whole bunch. Maybe I didn't have a whole lot. Maybe I maybe my expectations were really low. I thought it was really fucking good. What the fuck? It was like very like. The tone was good. Uh, the villains were spectacular. Paul, they made Paul, they made the Riddler basically the Zodiac killer, and I'm a, 
I'm kind of a Zodiac killer aficionado. I mean, I don't want to, you know, toot my own horn, but I know a lot about the Zodiac killer. And uh, I, I liked it a whole bunch. It reminded me of The Crow, though. Like, it was, it was, I know it's pretty dumb to say, well, this this Batman movie was actually pretty moody and kind of dark. It's because that's how they sell every <laughs> single Batman movie. But this one, I thought it was very effective. I liked it a lot. You said it's the second best Batman? Yeah. Next to Dark Knight? Dark Knight. Dark Knight and then the Batman. Uh, and then, uh, Batman, yeah. Batman Begins. I'd probably go Batman Begins. Yeah, I'd probably go with another Nolan before the, the and then Tim Mi- Burton one. And then Michael Keaton, the first one. I like Batman yeah. Returns yeah. better. Batman Returns is underrated. I watch Batman Returns more. I watch Batman Returns more. Uh, but, yeah, no, I'm with you. All right, cool. Well, we got that out of the way. Let's get to some <laughs> wrestling. Uh, Jason, I'm gonna, <laughs> dealer's choice. Let's get to that three count. Oh, yeah. Wait, hold say, on. Hold on. Hold on, player. Hold on. Hang on. Hang on. I just talked a big deal about it. Yeah, and then right. I, uh, so, just ready to run through it. <laughs> this Saturday, <laughs> April 30th, oh, at yeah. the Grand El Theater. Circle Yield Calendars, baby. St. Louis, Missouri. We taking on there the world. There is a huge show. It is STL versus the world. Uh, Jason and I will both be there. We'll be sitting at different booths. Uh, Lucha Chris is going to be there. Lucha Chris. Uh, I'll be sitting with Lucha Chris. You'll be sitting with Lucha Chris. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> you guys never fucking mentioned it to me. No fucking, no big deal, though. You um, act like you ain't going to be there. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm okay. going to be having fun. I'm going to be having fun. I'm going to be on an edible, maybe an Adderall, some booze. Okay, I'm going to be... That's what I'm saying. My heart's got not going to know what's going to be doing. It's going to be like, wait, do you want me to slow down? Or you want me to speed up? Where are we at here? Um, so I'm going to run down the card for you because it's a massive card. It is a lot of, a lot of matches, but uh, I'm excited. Camaro Jackson versus Josh Alexander. We got Dan the Dad, which is a great indie gimmick, uh, formerly known as Danny Adams, uh, versus Silas Young. Who I love. I love me some Silas uh, Young. Famous from Ring of Honor. We have a three-way dance elimination, Fred Yehi. Is that how you say it? Yes, sir. Versus Davey Vega versus Jake Durden. We have Mike Outlaw versus Alex Shelley, which is going to be a fun match. That might steal the show while you bullshit. Gary J versus Aaron Williams ladder match for the Gateway Heritage Championship. We have Tootie Lynn versus Tennille Dashwood. Tennille Dashwood, formerly known as Emma or Emmalina in WWE. And it if... If somebody else is known by something else that you want to throw in there, please do. Um, KLD, Kevin Lee Davidson versus Moose. I think this is the one we talked about last week. That's going to be big, meaty men slapping meat, slapping meat yeah. um, which is the way that Big E likes to describe wrestling. Which <laughs> yeah. I, I always like, so I'm taking it from Big E. And uh, Technical Difficulties versus the West Coast Wrecking Crew. And Davey Richards versus Samurai Del Sol, formerly known as Kalisto in WWE. This is going to be a very, very fun event. It's a stadium seating place. There's not a bad seat in the house. There's a few balcony seats left. It's going to be fun if you're in the St. Louis area or you're going to be in the St. Louis area. Please go to metrotix.evenue.net and get your tickets right now. $25 flat fee for any ticket that you get. Like I said, it's stadium seating. There are still a few seats left, and, I mean, we're going to be there. I mean, I think that's enough right All there. these other wrestlers are going to be there, too, and we are going to be having a blast. It's going to be a fun night of indie wrestling in St. Louis, and we hope to see you there. If you see myself, if you see Jason Bell, if you see Lucha Chris, if you see a, a big guy with a beard, uh, 
That's not Zach, but if you see a big guy with a beard, that's me. Okay. <laughs> um, so, if anybody wants to uh, send me a plane ticket, I'll come. Uh, yeah, we know you'll come, dude. <laughs> that's a you free always tell us. You always tell us about how much you come. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, without further ado, let's get to that three count. Well played. Dealer's choice, Jason. Dealer's choice. Um, I always always fall on the grenade, so I'll fall on the grenade this week. Let's talk WWE main roster. Uh, oh, a couple okay. of uh, returns to uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, being Asuka making her triumphant return. I was wondering if we were ever going to see her again. I mean, damn, you know, how long does a person have to be out with an injury? But neither here nor there. Um Becky Lynch comes out and says that she's going to make the comeback of comebacks to get the title back, and Asuka interrupts her promo. It comes out and basically says that she's going to be the one that stops her. Okay, so my knee-jerk reaction is, number one, about goddamn time. Number two, I wish part of me wishes this was the WrestleMania, I guess, Raw's women's title match just because they had – a little history going on. Don't get me wrong, okay, before everybody falls out of their chairs. You know, Bianca and Becky Lynch was an amazing match. It was the match of the week sure. for me yes. for WrestleMania. So it's not a knock against the match itself. I was just going – I was just playing the connect the dots. When Becky got pregnant, she gifted – literally gifted the belt to Asuka, and this would have been the way to kind of make that story come full circle. Neither here nor there. We're here now. Oscar's back, and now we have. To me, it's about as exciting as the women's division can get. When you only highlight the four horse women, Oscar and Ronda Rousey, obviously. From that point, I'm kind of curious to see what happens. I would like to think that Oscar goes over, but we'll find out here in a second. And then, obviously, the second return is Mustafa Ali. Once again, coming off the side of the milk carton, I wasn't sure if he was ever going to come back to wrestle, but he did come back. They had the um, Miz TV promo where he interrupted Austin Theory and Miz, and I thought they were going to go to Theory versus uh, Ali right away, but obviously they made a pit stop with the the match against the Miz. Ali goes over. Not the big reception that I kind of anticipated. Maybe that'll change as weeks go by, but for me, it was good to see both Asuka and Mustafa Ali back on TV, especially Mustafa Ali. I mean, just the match with The Miz, it, it just kind of reminded me how good he is in the ring. He can cut a promo. I just think that, for whatever reason, WWE can't slash, won't find a, a spot for him, but that's neither here nor there. Um, like I said, that to me was the two biggest things coming away from uh, at least Monday Night Raw on uh, the WWE side of the board. Zach, which one of those returns – is which one of those returns makes you more excited? Oh, man, uh, they both make me excited, really. Um, you know, Oscar, I think, is more impactful just because the women's division is very top-heavy and they don't have a whole lot to do. Uh, and so, like, that helps a lot. Ali, um, just kind of piggybacking off what Jason said, really, they've just dropped the ball with him so much because he's got everything. He's got everything you need except for height. I mean, like, it's just, he's even got a great physique. He's just a smaller dude, and that's, like, been his downfall in Vince's WWE. But, yeah, I mean, he's got everything going for him. Such a talent. Oscar's probably the best uh, 
performer that they have on the women's side. Uh, I mean, Becky's obviously the most popular and the most over, and she's, you know, really great in her own right. Uh, but yeah, bell to bell, it's Oscar. And so uh, that's very exciting. Uh, I'm actually going to watch this uh, Hulu edition of Rod. It's been uh, super busy. And uh, I heard the I heard the show was pretty good overall. Like there were some good wrestling matches on it. Besides the two returns, uh, it is interesting to me that the her Champa uh, kind of turned heel and attacked Ali. And if they let that go and they do a feud with them, I mean that sounds like a money feud as far as um, you know our kind of uh, fandom is concerned. It'll be a good wrestling match. I would I wouldn't necessarily hold breath on you know, the the creative side of it. Because obviously now you have to have Ciampa come out and, and explain why he attacked Ali. It, I don't know what the hell you're going to come up with at that point, but, you know, the match itself I think will be really good. Uh, the uh, Raw was pretty good this week. I feel like because there was no heavyweight men's belt on it, that it kind of forces them to actually tell stories with the undercard, whereas – Previously, they would just have the heavyweight belt story, and then everything else was just kind of thrown together. This didn't feel very thrown together. I'm very excited for the Ali return. I like the Ciampa heel turn. Ciampa is never going to be heavyweight champion in WWE main roster, but what Ciampa can do is make guys look good and send them on their way up. That is not being a jobber. That is being a professional wrestler. And that is what Ciampa's job is going to be, and I hope he's making good money doing it. Like and, you said, man, yeah, I mean, he could be he could be another, you know, Dolph Ziggler where he makes, you know, a million dollars a year just putting guys over and yeah. Yeah, having good wrestling matches. And like Zach said, Ali's got it all. Ali asked out of his contract. WWE did not grant it. So <laughs> him coming back, I wonder I wonder if they came to some sort of some sort of agreement like, hey, I'm not going to play a terrorist or whatever they were asking him to play. I'm not, my name's not going to just be Ali and it's not going to just be Mustafa. My name's going to be Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. And I thought that he looked really crisp against the Miz and I like it. The Oscar thing, it looked like Oscar. I, I, listen, I love Oscar. It looked like she came out of 2018. It's like she didn't change anything. All she did was come back. Now, if she would have interrupted a Bianca Belair promo and had the exact same Oscar look, let's say the exact same stuff with the makeup under the eyes and everything, but it was all black and she was dressed in all black and she was heel Oscar, now we're talking. Now that's something I can get excited about. She didn't. It didn't look like she changed a single thing, and she just came out and said nobody's ready for Oscar. Now I'm not here to run down Oscar's promo ability. I know that English is her second language, and I know that English to Japanese is hard, and vice versa. You know, I'm watching this show called Tokyo Vice on HBO, and I can't believe that those those motherfuckers. I can't believe that they can understand us and that we can understand them. I'm impressed by anybody that can do it. So I'm not here to run down that. I just wouldn't mind seeing her as a heel, and I wouldn't mind seeing her presentation mixed up just a little bit. I did say that I missed the old NXT Oscar because when that music hit, that meant your ass. This When the music hit now, it's kind of like, okay, 
I was with you. Oscar's back, but it's the same Oscar. And that was my knee jerk reaction. You know, coming out, you know, that's a that's the Oscar that most WWE fans like. You know, happy go lucky Oscar. You know, God bless you for it. This to me, this ain't a happy go lucky moment. This is more on the lines of you know, I'm coming back, and I'm coming back for vengeance. At least that's what also, I would like to think. Also, what's the beef? I mean, Becky, last time they saw each other, Becky gave her the belt. What's the beef? Um, Where's the beef? That's for all you That's for all <laughs> yeah, you uh, people just, that were born after or born before 1985. Yeah, I was going to say, you just aged yourself a little bit. There really isn't a beef per se, uh, unless you wanted center is center it around the, the title itself. There's no personal animosity. It's not like uh, Asuka tried to cut Becky's hair or anything like that. So, I mean, it's not personal. It's I want to just... see Asuka Bianca. That's what I want to see. I want to <laughs> see that. I, I, I know that, listen, Zach said that Becky is the most over uh, person in, in the women's division, and that might be true. Bianca's not very far behind her right now. No, I was getting ready to say that I think the the WrestleMania match kind of proved that where there was a ton of investment in the match itself and then the match ends up delivering. Becky was was always over. I think Bianca has kind of solidified herself as one of, you know, the next generation of stars. I don't want to say the next tier because I think she's good, just as good as any of the other four horse women that you want to put out there, Bailey included, obviously we haven't seen her around. That's who I'm waiting for to come back next. But uh, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with Becky being the most over. Charlotte is probably the one that I would probably say before Becky, but that's just because how strongly she's be, she's booked. She has been booked from the time she's walked in the door to present day. I think we had a different definition of over. Just because, like, it's really, like, the booking, it's, just, it's about, like, just the fans' reaction, right? And, like, the money that they spend. I bet Becky's outselling Charlotte three to one on merch. Um, I, I believe that. I'm not disagreeing with that, but on the same aspect, if we're talking about, you know, just the fan reaction, nobody gets a, a more of a reaction, whether it's plus or minus, than, than Charlotte. She is as polarizing as it gets. Either you like Charlotte or you don't like Charlotte. There was a Randy Orton 20th anniversary celebration at the beginning of Raw. Matt Riddle uh, introduces Randy Orton. They had a nice little Randy Orton package. Randy Orton comes out, cuts a very uh, sincere promo, uh, thanking the fans. Uh, he put... Mick Foley over huge. <laughs> he said, I wouldn't be here if it was for Mick Foley. Mick Foley made me the legend killer, and Mick Foley has put me here for other reasons, and he didn't He didn't expound upon that. I thought that was pretty cool. Then uh, Cody comes out. Our Riddle introduces Cody. Cody comes out. Cody doesn't cut a promo or anything. Cody didn't say anything this raw, which is the first time that he's been back that he hasn't said anything. They just hugged. Riddle kind of got jealous because they were hugging. He was like, hey, come on. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, we're best friends. Uh, then, the, I mean, then it was a real smorgasbord. It was the Usos and uh, Elias and no, uh, no. sorry, Ezekiel. Uh, but the thing that really struck me is that Randy Orton said he's having more fun right now than he's ever had. And the reason is because of Matt Riddle. I don't know if that's true or not. It certainly sounded true. And then they had an eight-man tag at the end, and Randy gets the RKO. It was Randy Orton's night. That's fine. 
is Randy Orton, first of all, I have two questions. Uh, are you cool with them using Randy Orton's celebration as an angle to get to an eight-man tag? Spoiler alert, I am. I mean, who cares? It's wrestling. Two, is Randy Orton, are they setting up Randy Orton to be the guy to take the belt off of Roman Reigns? Go ahead, Tubier. I'll let you start on this one. I'm still thinking about it. Uh, I don't think so, but I think, um, I mean, he's always that guy that you can put him in a feud to carry over to, um, you know, obviously the hope for them is Rocket WrestleMania. And you got a lot. We just had WrestleMania. So you got, what, 10 more pay-per-views, and you ain't got 10 guys, but you got a few. And if you can stretch them out over, you know, a couple series, you know, maybe have funky finish, you know, something or other, um, we'll see. But he's definitely that guy that you can always throw in there and is a credible threat uh, because he is a, a total legend. I mean, he has a very unique uh, career because of his longevity, the fact that he started so young, being the youngest WWE champion um, in history, and then only being in one company because he's an OVW, but that was just WWE developmental at the time. So, I mean, he's like Roman Reigns. If Roman Reigns like still does this for like another 10 years, you know, and yeah. manages to reinvent himself and stay on top and be relevant. OVW, uh, otherwise known as NXT 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> NXT text. <laughs> Don't say y'all, man. y'all both ain't shit. Come on, Zy- man. Zygote NXT. <laughs> Jason, what do you think? Um, somebody was talking about this on Sirius XM Radio. I think it was on Busted Open, but I can't think of who specifically was talking about the Randy Orton and the possibility of him breaking 16. He is at 14. He's tied with Triple H. And obviously, Triple H is not uh, going to wrestle anymore, so Triple H is not going to be the one to break it. But Randy Orton, I think, is someone that could possibly tie Cena and Flair and or ultimately break it if you want to talk about the men's. I think Charlotte for the women is pretty much right there. If they didn't want to have Orton do it, I think Charlotte would be that next person, but neither here nor there. Um, What's Cena at, 15? Cena and... uh, Flair tied tied. at 16, and then the the next down is Orton and Triple H tied at 14. Okay. Okay, so in a realistic WWE world, could you see Randy Orton winning the title twice in the next, say, five years? Sure. Is he going to be the one to take it off of Roman Reigns? I don't know. I think first things first, he would have to feud with Riddle. Because ultimately they would break up. I think at some point they'll lose the tiles. If they lose it to the Usos, let's just use that for the example. They lose it at Backlash. So then Archaic Bro doesn't have the titles. At some point, Randy will get grow old and weary of this riddle um, act or whatever the case may be right around SummerSlam-ish. That probably is your SummerSlam match. Man, I, I hate to cut you off, but I just came up with a massive idea. Take and the listen, pencil, baby. WWE, you can steal this if you want to. Take the pencil. So what's Charlotte at, 12? She's tw- I think it's 12 now because they took away the NXT women's title. It's either 12 or 13. All right, so you you have Charlotte get up to 16 and lose it. 
you have Randy Orton go into WrestleMania a couple years from I now. I think I know where you're going with this. Go into your couple years from now, Randy Orton goes into WrestleMania holding the belt at 16. And then you have a triple threat match between Charlotte, Cena, and Randy to see which one can get to 17 first. Okay, I didn't think you would go triple threat, but I don't know why I didn't see that coming already. I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. They put the men's heavyweight on Charlotte at 17. She rolled, they, they, roll, they roll Ric Flair's coffin out there because he's going to be dead. Come on, man. Hold up, dog. You can't kill, the, you can't kill Ric Flair like, like that. <laughs> See, fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Man, who be doing my boy like that, man? If they rolled him out in a coffin, I would be so done with WWE. But it would be such a WWE move, right? Yeah, she opens up the coffin, Undertaker sits up, choke slams her. <laughs> I'm the WWE champion, bitch. Pins Dana Brooke for the 24-7 title. <laughs> Give me the pencil. <laughs> you this is the uh, recipe for the greatest WrestleMania since last year. <laughs> well, I mean, they got to keep going up. I mean, they really they overachieved last year. Look, so. I don't want to see a WrestleMania moment where it involves Ric Flair's death, okay? That's where I start drawing the line on <laughs> WrestleMania moments. That's right? up to God, man. Um, so he just pops out of the coffin and tries to start selling you windshield wipers. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Go to the general and save some time. (laughs) Um, So we have this Omos and Lashley arm wrestling segment. MVP does a great job in this segment. This segment. Here's, you know what? I got to ask you as the black guy here. (laughs) Why do they always make Bobby Lashley go through like he's an NFL combine or something more sinister (laughs) that has been compared to the NFL combine before? Why is it only the black guys that have to go through this shit? No, it's not only the black guys. It's just, it's the, unfortunately, unfortunately in this case, it's Bobby Lashley being the one guy that is jumping through the hoops and the hoops have been, in the case of Sami Zayn, when he was uh, feuding with Sami Zayn, those hoops were so bad that it wasn't. It was memorable in a, a bad, sensible way. This isn't as bad as Bobby Sisters was or the the obstacle course was, but I mean it's it's on that same line. I can't care less who wins a fucking arm wrestling contest. I get it. You know, you're still trying to present Lashley as strong, but ultimately have Omos go over him. I get that part. Arm wrestling ain't the way to go, okay? Have Omos smash some people, have our MVP cut a promo, Lashley comes out. I'd rather them just stare at each other or, you know, have the big schmaz where it takes the locker room to hold both guys back. I know that's old and played out, but the arm wrestling is just as bad, too. I'm just not a huge fan of Lashley as... The baby face, I get it. He's done it before. It's just I like the almighty gimmick so much that I, would, I wouldn't mind having like Omas, and this is just me taking the pencil for 30 seconds. You could have kept the Hurt Business together and have Omas be the, the heavy muscle of the group, and that would have been, you know, a modern-day, you know, four horsemen for lack of a better term in that scenario i'm but- on record as being agreeing with you and i'm pretty sure that zach is too i will say that seeing omas stand 
I mean, calling it face-to-face with Lashley is ridiculous. No, it ain't no face-to-face. He is fucking massive, yeah. dude. Fuck, I mean, what is Bobby Lashley, 6'2"? I would guess. I mean, I mean, he looked more than a foot taller than them, but I guess they say he's seven four. He looks a legit seven four. Yeah, you can see, you can see why they have an investment in Omas. I will say this: this is the first time that Omas has seemed really imposing as a human, though. Is standing next to Bobby Lashley, you know, putting him next to AJ Styles. Everybody knows AJ Styles is small, so you know, lots of people look big next to AJ Styles. Standing next to Bobby Lashley. He looked, and the fuck, how can you, you can't even arm wrestle because his fucking arm is so fucking, <laughs> oh, so much bigger. You guys can't have your elbows in the same spot. Yeah, I was like, dude, this is just a shit show. <laughs> Zach, any thoughts? Man, I, it's weird to me, like, that this is still going because they had Lashley beat him at WrestleMania, and I don't know, I feel like eventually it was to have, like, a monster like, go against, like, Roman, you know, like, some shitty D pay-per-view. It's a kind of, you know, undefeated monster, like, get him through. Uh, but the dude's not ready for the main event. He's not even ready for the not main event. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I know he's tall, but he's not good at a single thing. He's not even good at, like, looking, like you said, you know, looking imposing at next to Lashley because the juxtaposition, and they're just standing there. But in the ring... He doesn't even look like scary because he just looks like he's about to laugh half the time. And then he's just so bad. He is so bad. Um, not even just being like a smart and being like, oh, the guy can't work. And, uh, he's just really bad. And I was worried he was going to hurt Lashley in the last match. I just don't, I don't understand the investment. I know he's tall, but that ain't doing it for me in 2022. Like, just ain't. What do we think about? what butch is doing so (laughs) if you haven't been watching smackdown butch is now this out of control brawler that even that he even fights sheamus and ridge when he gets pissed off he's like like they can't control him we all got a friend like that to me yeah, I know. <laughs> don't you say me, motherfucker. No, it's not you. It's <laughs> I, not saying, you. I don't fight, motherfucker. I but, talk shit. But to me, that's a little promising because they are putting a little bit of creative juice behind him. At least he's not just there, and at least he's not just hanging out. Like They're like, what the fuck is wrong? Every single week, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with Butch? Get your boy. <laughs> so, I mean, it does seem like they are, and you guys might scoff at this, it does seem like they are kind of... With Theory and with Butch, it does seem like they kind of are looking towards the future. Like, these are going to be guys that are going to move us into the future. This is going to be the next generation. Am I looking at this through rose-colored glasses, Zach? Uh, I mean, with Theory, I think you're dead on. I mean, it's very obvious. Um, I'm not seeing as much with Butch. Granted, I don't watch all the TVs every week, but... Uh, from what I've seen, like his character doesn't seem particularly inspired as far as, you know, I think, I feel like they've done this like scrappy out of control, small guy thing before. I'm, I'm try, I remember like Owen Hart would like get super mad. I'm trying to remember some other guys where it was just like their temper would kind of go out of control and then they just want to fight everybody. And that was like, the yeah, that was Owen Hart's uh, thing. And he died 23 years ago. 
<laughs> like maybe yeah. they can run it back. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm saying there's. I'm, I'm trying to think of there's just other characters um, as well because I was, you know, there was a big gap for me. Uh, but I don't know. Butch, I love Pete Dunn. Like I, he's fantastic. But uh, the Butch thing just ain't cutting. It's not just the names. I don't particularly. I just don't love the character either. I don't really hate the name we'll anymore either. I, I, I despise the name. It's kind of growing on me. No, I, I can't. I can't do it. I, mean, I like him and wearing suspenders with Ridge Holland and Sheamus, and the, him being the one that they can't control. That seems fun, that seems funny to me. That's the only. And oh, I, I, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Tom and Jerry. Like Sheamus is like the big dog, and like Butch is like his son, and like the little dog's always like super mad. Uh, and the big dog's like trying to calm him down. That's exactly what it's like. Have you guys have you guys ever watched Peaky Blinders on Netflix? The no, show? I'm, I know it, I'm familiar, but I have not watched it. It's really fucking good. But it so this doesn't go out to either of you. But anybody out there who's listening, if you guys watch Peaky Blinders, which reminds me of Arthur, he's just he's just so hot headed that like Tommy Shelby can't fucking keep him down. Anyway, um. I think that we've done uh, enough talking about uh, WWE main roster. We put a good effort in, guys. Nice job all around. Um, this is the longest that we've talked about without doing predictions, and we usually <laughs> just talk about how bad it sucks. <laughs> I don't know if we talked. Did we talk about Lacey Evans last week? We did talk about Lacey Evans this, last week. And, uh, Man, she is burying her parents. Dude. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> She's burying her parents. I so hope that shit ain't real. I'm just like, oh, oh it's real. Oh, God. Well, they're dead. So, I mean, she didn't give a fuck. She's burying the fuck out of them. Okay, I, put on tw- I put on Twitter that she's burying her parents worse than Triple H buried the rest of the roster in 2005. Dude. <laughs> Go, move along, man. I can't believe you said that shit. Let's get to that two count. Have some respect for the dead. I don't fucking know him. She does. She doesn't like him. <laughs> Zach, dealer's choice. Uh, I didn't watch New Japan, so I'll, I'll go with AEW. Um, just talking about uh, Rampage. Shocker I'm sorry, uh, Dynamite um, opened up with uh, a very interesting Owen Hart men's tournament qualifier. Uh, Dax uh, Harwood versus Cash Wheeler, and after this match, uh, Bill, do you are you able to tell them apart during, before, during, or after? Was now, the, now listen, you stole my thunder to beer. Listen, I was so going to ask him that. I could always tell these two apart. I just didn't know what their names were. Okay, so who won the match? I mean, at least yeah. Dax. But was Dax Dash was- Cash in WWE? Or no, it was Cash Wheeler Dash Wilder in WWE? Yeah. Yes. Cash Wheeler was Dash Wilder. So, I mean. Dax Harwood was Scott, Scott Dawson. Dawson. Okay, but you can kind of see where I'm coming from getting those names mixed up. Dash Wilder and no, Cash Wheeler. It, we're not even. I'm just happy that you got the names Right, I can tell them apart. Like you like Punk said during apart. the like Punk said during the the program, he said you can call him hair and ball. <laughs> yeah, that's good with me. <laughs> By the way, I, Punk I just, is fantastic on commentary. Like so much better than Jericho. Whenever they throw Jericho on there, and he just screams the whole time. But Punk just puts everybody over. He's telling the story of the match. Like it, he's really really great on it. He's good on commentary. He's good. 
He even said it during. I guess he even said it during uh, the pipe bomb promo. He even said even on the commentary, I'm the best, and he is. He's really good. No, he's good. He'll have a career forever in commentary if he wants one. I mean, not in WWE. <laughs> what what, what you uh, think about the Dax Cash match? Man, it was awesome. The crowd was so hot for it. Uh, they popped so huge uh, for FTR. And, man, what uh, a corner FTR has turned. I mean, we've known they've been great forever. I mean, since FTR or since Revival DIY, right? You know, we were, like, singing their praises. But, I feel like now the general public kind of gets it. Like, they're like, man. Like, it was like they had that Briscoe's match, then they had that Young Bucks match, like, in the same weekend, and they got those tag titles, and just, like, they are. And they went babyface, and they are mega over. It is out of control. So, yeah, I was, anyway. I, I was going to say, I think they're the hottest thing in AEW. Like, they, they are on fire right now. Tag team wise, they absolutely are. I mean, even for that singles match, it was it was a fun singles match. It no, was I'm, a crisp I'm, singles match. I'm not disagreeing with that. Ever. I liked how they teased a little bit of, "Hey, Dissension. fuck you, man." Yeah. You know, that was good. I like how they came out together. Yeah. I was I was all good. But that it. was weird. That was the one thing that I took away from the big. Well, one of the big things is that I was like, okay, how are they going to come out? You know, what I'm saying, you know, are we going to change music? You know, shit like that. They're like, nah, fuck that. You know, one's coming out the the babyface entrance, one's coming out the heel entrance. We're playing the same music. They're walking not together, but you know, coming down the ring basically at the same time. That was a you know a different twist. I like the fact that they had the uh, kind of like the hitman trunks a little bit when they when the hitman had. Uh, there was a sharpshooter in there. Sharpshooter in there. So it was a lot of, you know, callbacks to Brett, to Owen, to the Hart Foundation in general, especially with the tights. Uh, to me, the right guy went over. Well, that's what I was going to ask, and I was going to ask Zach first, but I'll ask you first. Was there ever any doubt that you thought that Dax Harwood was going over? A little doubt, but I think singles-wise, I think Dax is the better singles guy. They, they feel, I feel like they put him in a, more of a singles prominent position he had the uh, the cm punk match which was really good so in that scenario i th- i thought they got the right guy into the tournament zach was there ever any doubt in your mind that dax harwood was going over uh, no although they did do a great job of teasing finishes um it was really good but that was my prediction because i'd never seen cash wheeler in a singles match and as Excalibur said um you know dax was winless in a singles career um and it's only been a few. Uh, so he got a win, and, like, Wheeler hadn't done a singles match in, like, a long time, like, years. <laughs> so um, It just yeah. seems to me, and I, I don't like the – I know that everybody always goes to the Michaels Janetti thing and calls somebody the Janetti, which just feels so <laughs> fucking disrespectful. Hey, man, look, Gennetti, so, you know, but, somebody's got to be the L guy. But, I mean, Dax Harwood is the more charismatic of the two, no? Uh, I think – I think Cash is like better at the babyface thing. Uh, now that they're babyface, I think he's actually really good at firing up the crowd. I think he's better than Dax at that. But I think Dax is just like that kind of Arn Anderson type, where he's just so technically sound at everything that he does. Like they're both really good, but Dax is like a next level wrestler. That's exactly who he reminds me of is Arn Anderson. Totally. All right. Cool. What's up next? Uh, so then we had, um, I think Punk did his promo. Mm-hmm. So essentially, 
uh, Adam Page had COVID, so they had to rewrite some of the show. I saw okay. him tweet. I, said, I didn't know that. Wish I, yeah, he said, wish I could have been there. He's like, but my head's all full of COVID. Not see you next week. So he put it out there that he had COVID. Um, so I think that they were going to shoot some kind of angle with Punk and Page because they announced the match for Double or Nothing. But um, Punk just went down and cut like a interesting like i mean not the promo was not interesting it was fine it was uh it was a good promo babyface promo uh essentially pitching you know babyface versus babyface right uh headliner uh but i thought it was interesting he just pitched it like he just did the promo as he walked around the ring <laughs> and like the camera had to follow him and then he got after he threw the mic down that's when he got in the ring and like did the belt motion like i'm gonna take the belt you right. know uh I, you just never see that, like guys like cutting promos, like are like follow me, while the, I, you know, as I walk and talk. Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of cool. It was different. No, I, I I thought it was a little strange because I I was waiting for Hangman to come out and you know maybe interrupt him or come out after he finished and then you know his music hit. I was just like okay, but like I said, I didn't know that uh, Page was out with COVID. That being said, I thought this did what it really needed to do, and it was just basically to announce that the uh, match was set for double or nothing. Um, Goddamn, that's a, that's going to be interesting. I'm I'm, ex- I'm interested to see how this build is going to go, if they're going to keep both guys as baby faces or maybe kind of have Punk leaning towards the heelish side. You know he can do that. Not saying that Adam Page can't do that, but we haven't seen it in a while. And if we, they wanted to go with traditional heel slash babyface characters, Punk can easily slide into a heelish, dare I say, a heel side of his character without a, an issue. But I am excited for the match. I'm curious to see the build for that match. Um, obviously, if... Uh, Hangman Page comes back next week. That will probably be the build that we probably should have saw yesterday. But like I said, as far as I'm concerned, Punk came out. He did what he needed to do. They announced the match, and then he built it up. It was pretty simple as that. So, I mean, as much as Page, I would have liked to have Page there to, you know, kind of expedite things a little bit. I thought that this, this promo was just right on point where we got the you know the point across we're getting ready to have the double or nothing title match and the match is a month a month away i mean it's okay for adam page to take a week off of television no uh tubier was saying that he he caught uh covid i guess but that's why he was off tv good i'm glad he got covid so, hey, he could, so he could take a week off. Hey, man. I'll say, you don't wish it don't like that on motherfuckers. Maybe no, I don't. I'm not glad he got COVID. I'm just kidding. I'm say, but, I mean, I, I do think that you should take a – I do think it's okay for him to take a week off of – Especially right now where you have – let's just say for the sake of argument he didn't have it and they just gave him a week off. Like you said, there's still a month before this actual yeah, there's match There's plenty happens. of time. time to, and, and, and I don't even really think you need a build for this. This is just, you know. Oh, it, pe- people want to see this match. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, you can, they're going to build it. But ultimately, if they did this match tomorrow, there's not much of a build that you need if you watch AEW. They got to put the belt on Punk. They got to. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, initially, like, if you would have said this, like, last year, like, when he debuted, like, oh, yeah, like, Punk's going to take the belt off of Adam Page. I would have been like so mad about that, just out, outside of context. But I kind of think it's a good idea. 
I think Paige has done a great job. Like, I don't understand like the heavy criticisms, but uh, Punk is easily like hands down the biggest star that they have in that company. And if you're trying to outdo your pay-per-view sales, uh, the arenas are filling back up and you want to start booking larger arenas, uh, CM Punk as uh, world champion is uh, a, a moneymaker. I mean, so. there's no doubt. You're exactly right. He's their biggest star. His music kicks off five out of every eight Dynamites. He's either wrestling in the yeah. first match. This this Dynamite, they just played his music just so he could walk over and do commentary and then cut a promo after the Dax and Dash match. I, it, it is absolutely what I expect every Wednesday whenever I turn on the show. I expect his uh, music to hit, like, to start everything. And I, I'm also with Zach that I don't really understand the criticisms of Paige's title reign. I think that they're so nitpicky and so dorky and he is obviously over with the live crowd every single time he comes out every time his music hits they pop they chant cowboy shit everybody is into everything he does the buckshot lariat is a huge finisher that people wait for it's one of those it's it's one of the finishers that like you can set up for and not really do and then you can set up for it and then when it hits it's a big deal so I think that everybody has been too hard on this uh, Adam Page title reign. I just think that I think it's better for him to be in chase mode at this point. He's had a good run. The story with Kenny Omega is done and over with. So put it on Punk and let's see what Punk does with it. I thought an interesting thing about Punk's promo last night where he said he's cool with everybody in the back except for maybe Eddie Kingston. Oh, oh God, yeah. He he just manages to throw shade at the Kingston every opportunity and vice versa, and I think that's like uh, I mean that, that's like shoot. Uh, I don't think those dudes like each other like at all. I think there's respect, um, but yeah, I, I, either that or I'm working. Oh, no, is, is there respect? I'm fine. I love I love I love getting worked. Yeah, I don't care if they like each other or not. I'm going to choose to believe it's a shoot. <laughs> I say, like, I was say he kept calling out with Eddie Kingston's name. I'm like, man, work me, baby. <laughs> oh, work me, work me, baby. You can work me any day. You can work me in the morning. You can work me in the night. You can work me when you want to work me. I'm dead, man. Dude. I thought, <laughs> Thought I was old saying the words of beef stuff. Now we're doing Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> Motherfuckers are gonna be like, what the shit is this? I'm not even sure Zach knows that one. He probably does. You're right. A, I can see Zach getting his boogie on over there, like, uh oh. You can't do me in the morning. <laughs> All right, what's next? Oh, one? man. Uh, <laughs> uh, shifting gears. Uh, we had uh, Blackpool Combat Club versus the, uh, the factory now, not the Nightmare Factory anymore, just the factory. Uh, notable absence there. But, uh, yeah, this was essentially the Wheeler Yuta show. Uh, this guy was the most over guy on the entire episode. And part of it is it was his hometown. I was so about to say, he, they better be cheering for him. He's at home, shit. But also, like, it's over. Like, Where were they? Such a good job. Uh, Philly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he lives there with, like, I know Orange Cassidy and, like, Chuck Taylor, uh, like, room together. And, uh, like, so he legit might have been, like, staying with them. 
I don't know if he still does or like whatever, but obviously he still lives there. And uh, I mean, Wheeler Eda show, they've done a great job with him. And funny thing, uh, I mean, they gave the, the factory like a little bit uh, here, but like basically when Blackpool Combat Club comes out, like all they do is just beat the shit out of their opponents, like, which is awesome. I mean, like, you don't, you know, you think like, oh, you don't want to have these guys like run like two rough shots, but it's like, dude, it's, Dan- it's Brian Danielson, it's John Moxley, and then you got like this young up and coming wheelie eater, and they just murder dudes. And I, I mean, I'll watch it every week. It's so fun. I'll say that I'm ready for them to do something. I'm ready for them to get in the program. Dude, you stole my thunder. You stole my fucking you know, thunder. I mean, I love watching them kick know. ass too, but it's time to get in the program, guys. Yeah. And are they waiting to get I into think- a program with Undisputed Elite? Because that's money. That would be something I would be definitely interested in. You throw some trios titles out there, it'd be even better. That's the only other that's thing I want to say about it. But I think actually where they're headed, and I was kind of saving it but we can talk about it i think where they're headed is essentially because um jericho appreciation society they keep saying it's five on three it's five on three it's five on three i think they could because you know with mox and kingston i think they could loop them in for like a war games type match or like a five on five situation son of a um, bitch or how about this for forbidden door you have moxley yuda and brian danielson against show evil and takahashi dude don't make me get this fucking table that would make you mad no that's a great idea they'll beat their ass (laughs) i think they'd be more likely to run osprey back and have the i think they'd be the the empire uh great okan uh jeff cobb and will osprey Um, i'd be down for that too unfinished business between them well i was gonna say yeah i'm as long as we're throwing shit out there, um, Punk versus Okada, champion versus champion, you can run that if you wanted to go that route instead of uh, – personally, I want to I want to see Daniel Bryanson versus ZSJ or Okada. Okada and and Danielson have basically said they wanted to wrestle. I think this would be I a great see, time to do it. I want to see Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. That's it. Like. I, I want to see that more than any other match. Yeah, I don't. I like. I I don't want to see. I talked to my friend Burt Bollinger on uh, Facebook the other day, and he was talking about he'd rather see Brian versus Okada. And yeah, I want to see that at some date also. But I have to see ZSJ versus Daniel Bryanson, Brian Danielson. Who What's his name? What's his name? It, it about to say the, the greatest techno wrestler on the, on the planet. The American Dragon. Yeah, <laughs> say that dude. Um, like I said, I don't. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I just kind of getting back on track. I'm agreeing with you on this one, Bill. I'm at the point where I think Blackpool Combat Club is established. We know who they are. We know what they're about. Now, what's next? I'm with Zach, too. Like, I like watching them kick ass, too. I think it's fucking awesome. Honestly, I think this is the first time, at least in my opinion, this is the first time they came out and was, like, you know, aggressive off the jump. The the match against the uh, the Gun Club on Rampage last Friday, I, that's the match I thought they were going to come out and just really kick ass and take names, and they didn't. And that kind of threw me for a little bit this week when they, you know, they ran out of you know, at the bell and, you know, attack the factory. I was like, okay, see, this is the Blackpool Combat Club I want to see. What was next, Two Beer? Uh, so, yeah, after that, um, 
we had uh, Wardlow versus Archer. So I don't know if there was any other segments like in between. Um, I can't remember. The, the ladies came out. Britt, uh, Jamie Hayter, Ruby Wyatt, and uh, Tony Storm. Uh, right on. Yeah, so that's just building the Bowen Hart tournament. And uh, honestly, a more interesting program. It kind of just proves that uh, Britt is still the star, even though she's not the champion, because I'm more interested in what's going on there than I am with whoever's going to face Rosa. So, uh, I like Thunder Rosa. It's just not her fault that she's not uh, the face of the women's division. <laughs> Britt Baker is a heel that does not lie. So, he's really the star of that show. That's a damn um, shame. <laughs> True yeah. story, though. But, I mean, as much as I, I ran down Britt Baker's title reign, she is the face of the division. And as it stands right now, you know, Thunder Rosa is going to have to have some really good matches to kind of overtake that. And even still, I don't think that would be enough. Yeah, so uh, we'll see how it goes. We got Wardlow versus Archer. And, um, yeah, these guys are just um, – Two big guys like Lance, or, uh, Lance Archer went all out. Uh, you know, he did his uh, rope walk moonsault. Uh, but I think this was the best that Wardlow has looked yet. Like, he was going all out. Like, he was doing some real agile shit. Um, and then, like, powerbombing that big button. dude, like, four times. Yeah, Simton, he did, like, another, like, roll, like, where he, like, jumped off the turnbuckles and rolled. Um Absolute like hoss fight. Uh, God bless. God bless dudes. Lance Archer for making Wardlow look like a fucking world beater, man. That's what I think the biggest totally. thing is is that you know Wardlow can is obviously strong and he can you know you know throw people around in the ring, but Lance Archer is not a small guy. Fuck no, he's not. And no. he was throwing him around like a little rag doll. I mean, he's the biggest guy in the world with a tramp stamp. <laughs> and he was get, catching that work with somebody with a tramp stamp. It, that's what I took away from it. As much as I like Lance Archer, and, you know, I kind of always want more for him. But I, I think maybe this is what we the ceiling is for him in AEW. It is what it is. For I, now, I mean. I know. You know things lots can change. of things can happen. Things can change. But as it stands right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, he's like. Like 45, 46. Like, they have so many moving like parts, you. though, with all right. the ROH and titles, too. That's, it's like there's so much shit that they have it's going not, on. As, as much as I want him to be a world champion, it's not to say that he won't be a world champion. Like you said, ROH is in play now. That said, Lance Archer basically did the, his job and made Wardlow look more impressive if that was even possible at a certain point. Because, I mean, basically – you know, he's ran through everybody that you put in front of him. Like you said, that senton off the top to me was just like, holy shit. I mean, he overshot him. I yes. mean, yeah. that's the crazy part about it. He you know, overshot that motherfucker. You know what was the most striking image of this entire segment was when Sean Spears and MJF are in the balcony and they are – drinking champagne and MJF's talking all sorts of shit and he says and there's they're not that like they're in in the balcony but like the seats in front of them like if you stand up you would be in front of them and there was just this little like six-year-old girl standing right in front of them 
And MJF goes, you know what the women in Philadelphia use for birth control? And all you could see is Sean Spears, MJF, and this little girl. And I was like, don't do it, MJF. I was like, she's like what the fuck are you doing? He's like, they're personalities. And she kind of looks at the camera. <laughs> like, Who the fuck is this douche? I was like, ah, oh, that's just a bad image. But it's also very heelish. It was hilarious. I had a similar experience. I was laying in my bedroom watching it, and my daughter was laying next to me reading because uh, she reads for like a half an hour every night. Uh, and so she was doing that, and like she just looked at me like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Daddy? Uh, let's not talk about yeah. that right now." Oh yeah. So um, you know, this is they're doing a great job with Wardlow. They did a great job with Wardlow. Uh, this MJF zero complaints. Well, I guess I do have one little complaint is that it seems like they're doing the, what they call them, the labors of Jericho. It seems like they're doing it again with Wardlow. It seems like they're just running it back. Morrissey coming, coming back or not coming back, but it looks like big Cass is coming back next week. Um, who apparently has been doing a great job in, uh, impact. Yeah. Um, he he and Moose had a, a a really good match. I guess it was like a month ago, two months ago, or whatever. Came in as a heel. Now is probably one of their lead baby faces over at Impact. Um, just the fact that he's even, you know, back on the scene after his health scare and being released from WWE. I also um, think he got sober. Is that right? That too. Um, you know, the fact that he's even here at this point and is going to have a, a prime spot on AEW against Warlow next week is, is credit to him. It's kudos to him. I'm, I'm glad that it's happening for him. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Um, also, because another big guy, like the last three guys, like Butcher, Archer, now Morrissey, those are bigger, big dudes. Bigger, and each guy is physically getting bigger and bigger. If you want to at least just go height-wise – you know, Butcher was one height. You got Lance Archer, who's bigger, and now you're going to have Morrissey, who's the biggest of the bunch. All right. You know how I always say that predictable is not always bad, but sometimes it is bad. I would like to see Wardlow lose one of these. Like, why not have MJF come in and cost him a match and maybe put over Morrissey or put over somebody? You know, that might actually happen just because of like politics with impact, <laughs> you know? That might actually happen. And it's not like Wardlow is undefeated. So, I mean,. Right, he can take a loss. Yeah, it would add more fuel to the fire if MJF somehow came down like the week before. Right. It doesn't have to be Godzilla. No, he or doesn't have to be like. The MJF in the crowd and he hands an envelope full of money to a guy in like a white hat with Enzo, and Enzo runs out and like costs MJF the match or costs Warlord uh, the match. Remember whenever MJ, whenever Enzo got kicked out of that pay per view. That would be a really funny callback. Actually, let this do book the territory. <laughs> God damn, everybody's got the pencil with me this week. What the fuck is this shit all about? Now, actually, if you could pull that off, I think Enzo is already somebody that, you know, the IWC isn't necessarily a fan of. And the fact that if you could do that, if let's just say they did it next week, I think that would be heat on Enzo, Morrissey, and more so MJF than anything else. And I think that would be another, you know – a good way to keep that fire going. I mean, I think this feud is hot as it is to begin with. 
if you did something like Bill suggested, I think that would be <laughs> it's a really good idea. And if Enzo, Enzo did, was the one that did it, oh, shit. Enzo just has to, like, set down his sabaros so that he can do that rooster walk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I'm talking about. Motherfuckers don't like Enzo. And if he came out and cost Wardlow the match, I think that would be a really, really good way to build to. It's the only thing that I can think of that they haven't done that would add to what they've already given us. Enzo's Enzo feels like his whole career is just building to a really entertaining dark side of the ring. <laughs> Actually, they might not do a fourth season. I, did, I read that on uh, Facebook. But didn't he get he got exonerated of everything that he got fired for in WWE? Right? Like, didn't he get? No, I'm not saying that. Yeah, I think he. Was, I think he was still an asshole, though. I think that's the problem. Yeah, like they didn't like. Yeah, well, we're gonna cut you just because you're an asshole anyway. And if uh, these charges end up not holding up, ah, uh, you know what? Fuck off. It's, yeah, it's like when they fired Miho from Jack Patrick's. It's like he moved to Philadelphia. He was like, ah, I'm gonna be gone for a couple months. They were like, Oh well, you can't really keep your shift. And then he moved to Philadelphia with a girl, and a week later it didn't work out. He came back. They were like, Ah, your shifts are gone. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Like, uh, you've been an asshole. I probably shouldn't have said his real name. Oh, uh, his name is uh, Brian Rehan. <laughs> say, I'll, I'll just say the example of that was cold-blooded. You moved to Philly, your cold-blooded. shit's gone. Cold-blooded. Your shit's gone, baby. You can't come back it's and ask remarkable, me remarkable, the consistency. Say it again. Cold-blooded. Cold-blooded. That is pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> See, nothing happened this week, but we're having fun, guys. All right, what was next, Zach? Uh, next was the aforementioned Jericho Appreciation Society um, face-off with uh, Kingston Santana and Ortiz. Um, you know, I don't understand the whole can't touch me, but then, like, there's another backstage deep down situation. Um, it's getting a little stale. I need some contact. I need, I need something. And they, I mean, they threw a fireball at Eddie Kingston's face. Um, so, I mean, Eddie Kingston cut a great promo, and then, you know, they threw a fireball in his face. Obviously, we're reaching the climax here. Um, I don't know. I think if they don't do Blackpool Combat Club, I feel like maybe they bring in, like, Homicide with the other guy that was in LAX. Oh, uh, Hernandez. Homicide and Hernandez. They could bring them in and, like, reunite. LAX and do like a war games thing. I I imagine this is going to be like a war games in Vegas. That's what I'm guessing. Five on five or a stadium stampede or something. I mean, do you want me to say it? You know what I'm going to say. The Jericho Appreciation Society is the law of diminishing returns, and it's not very good. (laughs) I was going to say, I I wasn't going to go that far, but, you know, maybe it is. I think, you know, three weeks in, it's it's hard to tell. For me, it's all about Santana Ortiz. It's it's not necessarily even about Eddie Kingston. I think he'll be fine in the long run. Um, I don't get the the sit-down portion of the program. If it's on site, like you say it is, there's no sit down to it, okay? This ain't the godfather. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is that Eddie Kingston, the grittiness and the anger and like the the New York type of shit that Eddie Kingston 
brings to his character and brings to a feud doesn't really jive with the let's let's face it the absurdity that the Jericho appreciation appreciation society is it it's like those two those they, they don't mesh well together it's two styles but of But isn't that the kind of the point? Maybe but it's not working for me. Okay. And and listen I I lo- I love Kingston I love Kingston and I love LAX and I think I uh, I'm with Jason LAX should be used better should be used more. I love Jericho. I would put him on my Mount Rushmore. I think that he is basically underrated the way that people talk about him. Dude, and, we got to nail down your Mount Rushmore. Your shit changes all the fucking time. And well, it's uh, it's Bull Buchanan, the Godfather, uh, Jericho, and Kurt Angle. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean? What? That's it. You said Bull Buchanan. That's great. <laughs> uh, but the thing is. You ever seen the movie Multiplicity? Yeah. You know how each clone of Michael Keaton keeps getting stupider and stupider until the one's like trying to shave his tongue and he's like a fucking idiot? That's what Jericho Appreciation Society feels like to me. If the original Michael Keaton was inner circle, then Jericho Appreciation Society is just the next one that's just not as good. Sorry, 2.0 is not LAX. They not, are way too cartoonish and kind of dumb, and I hate the one guy. I hate him. I think Daniel that's Garcia, the point. Daniel Garcia is really good. He's not the Spanish god. And who's the guy they have playing Jake Hager in this one? Uh, Jake Hager? <laughs> oh, yeah. He sucks worse than the last one, too. <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, yeah, that's Jake Hager. I'm not, I don't I just, think they there. I just liked my own joke way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're that bad. I just think they're just new. And it, they nah, haven't, they're, they just, haven't really, they're not as good. They Come haven't on. really been established. They're not as good as Inner Circle. Come on. Okay. If Come you, on. If you want to break it down, you know, Inner Circle versus... JAS. Yeah, Inner Circle is better because Santana and Teaser are better versus, you know, uh, 2.0. And that's really the biggest difference. Oh, Sammy or T- Sammy Guevara is better than. Uh, Dante Martin's really young, but Sammy Guevara is better than Dante Martin. Well, I mean, and there's two years of uh, really good matches and feuds and segments that they had. So there's also that. So unfair comparison. But it is it is like on unfair compare like, unfair comparison. Hold on a second. Hold on. Unfair comparison. Is Jericho with week. a? F- okay, go ahead. You welcome to my world. Last week, it's like in Spaceballs where they run into their stunt doubles and they just like kind of look the same but not. That's all the same. Uh, I'm just saying it's an unfair comparison because they've had like a month. Um, uh, you can't say one's better than the other. Uh, ob- like objectively, yes. I think. I agree totally. I mean, comparing them makes sense. Yeah, you can't compare them. To say that one is better already than the other, I think that's a a stretch. We haven't even really seen JAS get into some uh, a serious feud. You know, this is the first of, you know, probably, you know, three or four big ones. You guys are insane. That's an insane take. Like, both of you guys. Dude, they've been... It's two point versus LAX. Which one is better? You're talking about LA. You're talking about Ever Rise. We're, talk, we're talking about the Ever-Rise. entire. 
They're Ever Rise. Their name is Ever Rise. Entire group. Okay, (laughs) one group has been around for about a month. Yeah, and two of them are the exact same. Forty percent of the group is the exact same. It's Jericho and Swagger, and then you have fucking LAX versus Two Point Oh, which isn't even a comparison. No. And Daniel Garcia You're just versus... talking about on paper. You're just saying like on paper if you look at them. No, like I was the... talking about on paper and in execution. Jesus Christ, dude! I was getting ready to say 2.0 hasn't even been around long enough to us to see even that they're good or bad or not. Yeah, but LAX has been around long enough to tell us that they're great. This is you guys are that. So okay, we can we can move on if you guys want to. If you guys want to keep getting dunked on, we can keep talking about it. Keep getting dunked on? Who are you dunking on? Motherfucker, <laughs> <laughs> you ain't John Morant up in this motherfucker. You ain't no, dunking I'm not on John nobody. Mar- no, I'm not John Morant. I'm the gorilla on the sun. <laughs> and the fucking trampoline. Just a flap. I mean, you're not wrong. It's just a weird way to look at it. It's like being, you know. They are two like factions with Jericho at the front it's, and Hager at the it's back. It's not an unfair comparison. I think, I think it's just what too early to sit here and say to anoint one as way better than the other when the other has just All gotten right. started. All right. Uh, somebody bookmark this so we can come back to it in a year and see what was better, <laughs> the inner circle or fucking Jericho Five. Appreciation Society, Five. which isn't going to last another six months. Oh, that's horseshit. They'll last through the rest of the year. Easily. Easily. We'll see. Jericho's heart Jericho's heart might die inside of his concave chest. We don't know, man. Dude, that's two people you that's two fucking legends you just killed on episode two fifty four. Okay. You, you, I just hope you're happy. Me, you just gave me your fucking vape. I just got high. I'm well, all over the place. Wait, 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 wait. How's it every week that it's my fault? I'm a, well, I mean You can't keep blaming blaming a black man for your ills. I'm sorry. Let's have an arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> See, all right, so you're clang, clang. all right. I'm do- I'm done joking around, guys. Go ahead, Zach. Bill's, what's next? Bill's out here. He's like, I'm, he's like, there's gonna be more than one legend killer living in St. Charles. Where's my dad? <laughs> <laughs> we going there. All right, so we had uh, the uh, Philly Street fight, Sharashita versus Serena Deeb, uh, which had me thinking a few thoughts. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, that, uh, it's been an hour. I'm, I'm waiting for the first come joke. Go ahead, goddamn! <laughs> you dragging this motherfucker on out. Related, uh, but uh, had me googling. Uh, you know, Japanese girl Daisy Duke. Uh, that was something I didn't know that I was into, but uh, apparently, He's up. Um, big fan. And uh, sometimes, you know, when you know, you just know. <laughs> hey, I'm not here to kink shame. I respect you, Zach. Do your thing. <laughs> and uh, my other thought was, um, this was a good match. That for all of the times that we've seen them, and in the same way we've seen them over and over and over, I felt like it should have had like more heat because it's um, you know we, there was just so many matches with Deeb and Sheeta, and you're just like, oh my god, again because. AEW doesn't run a lot of matches back, and they ran this one back like seven, eight times. Uh, so it was kind of a big blow-off match. And I thought it was good. And my third thought was that uh, Serena Deeb should be in the Blackpool Combat Club. I'd be down with that. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, I like that. I'd be down with that. 
I wouldn't mind that. I think that just like we talked about last week, Rhea Ripley joining Edge and Damian Priest. Like, let's if you're gonna faction it, let's faction it up. Yeah, have the women into it, the whole shebang. Um, I mean, the greatest faction of all time. Uh oh! Right to censor. Had I right to censor. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. I they was had like, oh, God damn it! I knew you were going to say. It. I was like, as soon as you said that, I'm like, I can see the right to censor picture in my head. I'm like, motherfucker, he's getting ready to say this shit. I swear to God. Um, There's only one right to censor member I haven't brought up in this show. So, I mean, for all you BFR. I think Easter I know who it is. Yeah, there. I was getting ready to say, I think I know Go who ahead. it is. I'm, I'm going to bring him up. Yeah, I, I already I, got Bull Buchanan. I know. <laughs> I already talking about the Godfather. <laughs> Ivory's getting her check Or mark. the good father, I should call him. <laughs> the good father in the, in the right to censor. Um, this was their fifth match between Serena Deeb and Sheeta. Ivory told me I had to Venmo her $5 for mentioning her on the show. I got you, Ivory. Yeah, I was getting ready to say, I got five on it. Um this was their fifth match <laughs> between Serena Deeb and Sheeta. I'm not as down on the uh, the feud as Tuber is personally. I was actually kind of excited to see the blow off match because I figured this would be the final match. Apparently, this um, feud started in Philadelphia a year ago, so it ended in Philadelphia. Tony Khan, I'll, as much as I would like to give him shit, I give him credit in the sense that he has. Um, timing down to where Thunder Rosa probably should have won the title at the uh the last pay-per-view. What was that, Two Beer? What was the last AEW pay-per-view? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Uh Revolution. Okay. Um probably should have won it there, but then had her win it the next week in San Antonio, basically her hometown. Okay. Check mark there. With this uh, Sheeta Serena Deeb feud, it started in Philly a year ago. It ends in Philly on uh, Wednesday night. Me personally, I thought this was the le- my least favorite of the five matches for everything that's happened to this point. And it's a, str- a Philly street fight. I thought they were just going to come out, balls to the wall, and just lay it out there. And it felt like it took a minute to get to that point where. Now we're bringing in chairs, kendo sticks, the whole shebang. For me, the right woman went over. I never thought about uh, Serena Deeb uh, as a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. I would love to see that. I think that I said that uh, her and Layla Hirsch should have been a, like a little mini faction before Layla Hirsch got hurt. So in this scenario, if you wanted to bring her over, it kind of totally makes sense. I think her and... Thunder Rosa would have a really good match whenever that happens, probably at double or nothing. It kind of feels like that's going to be the the play at this point. But for me, like I said, this was the least of my five matches between Serena Deeb and Sheeta. I love the feud. It just felt like this one felt – it came off a little flat, for lack of a better word. Is that me? All right. That's you. No, yeah, I'm good. If you got any thoughts. All right, cool. So we had a 10-man tag team. Uh, it was the Undisputed Elite versus, uh, what, Varsity Blonde, uh, Dante too. Martin, uh, Lee Johnson, Brock Anderson. Basically, all I can say, uh, I, I did like that the story was that when the Undisputed Elite are working together, uh, that they are unstoppable. Because they, just like Black Bull Punk, Combat Club, just in a different way, just completely dominated this match. I just walked all over these dudes. No, I, I was going to say that to me. I agree. That's the story. Uh, 
the undisputed elite if they're on the same page and it literally played itself out in in that match at the start they couldn't get on the same page Kyle O'Reilly's like outside you know everybody you know breathe because calm down and then once it started to you know I think it was like the Bucks saved Red Dragon and specifically Bobby Fish in this scenario so at that point it felt like the match turned Undisputed Elite was on the same page they um hit the uh the BTE trigger, the four-man BTE trigger, and Adam Cole finishes it off. So it feels like a legitimate heel faction. Well, let's not say a legitimate heel faction, but it feels like they're on the same page, and Adam Cole's at the top. Now, like I said the other day to somebody that we are talking about this, if Kenny Omega was still here, I think we'd be seeing a different story being told, but yeah. he's not here. If so I this, had Dick, she'd be my uncle. So this being said, this is the story we have. I'm okay with it. I just want to see it progress a little faster. It kind of feels like they're they're waiting for something or someone. Omega's not coming back by double or nothing, so let's just get that off the table. You know, knock on wood, he comes back for the uh, the Forbidden Door pay-per-view, at least makes an appearance when Okada comes out there because I would assume Okada would be here. So in that scenario, the very For least, him and the Bushi are going to make out. We can do that too. Yep. In that scenario – I think we would be seeing a different story if Omega was here. But this story is good. I just want to see it kind of progress a little faster. I didn't care about the segment. Don't care to talk about it. Okay. Uh, so next we had a very polarizing segment. It wasn't around for the last week's discussion. But I was flabbergasted uh, that Scorpio Sky lost that title if I was about Flabbergasted. Hold on, and I think that we re- I think we missed a part. Before okay. we get, we, you're moving on to the main event. Yeah, what, what, what are we, missing we did here? miss a part. The House, H- of Black. House of Black and Death Triangle. Oh yeah, okay, I did. Yeah, sorry, I skipped right over that. That's okay. Um, um, incomplete notes. That's okay. So House of Black comes out, and then Penta comes out, Pack comes out, Phoenix comes out. Well, Phoenix was in the ring, and we thought that that was... Uh, well, just as a little sidebar, that injury that Phoenix suffered not that long ago, it's unbelievable that he's, he's back, back already. Great. Yeah. Because that... Now, maybe it was one of those injuries that just is kind of deceiving, but shit. it it's looked... Like when, I couldn't watch it when again. You have a really, when you have a really bad shit and you wipe and there's nothing there, that's kind of like how his elbow injury was. It was yeah, like... That's exactly, really I mean, that's a perfect analogy. <laughs> That makes complete sense because he's already back. That should have put him out for a year. Yeah, that it it was a lot gruesome seeing it. It was gruesome. The, yeah, but I it didn't break. They high. said it was dislocated, yeah, it, which is fucked up because yeah. I saw it twice and I couldn't watch it the third time. No, that was <laughs> great to have those guys back together. I think they needed those guys back together because that's what the House of Black well needed. A- AEW has not done a good enough job establishing Brody King. Or Buddy Matthews. I think that the reason why they haven't is because they were waiting patiently, impatiently, whatever word you word you want to use. Well, I hope it works out it. because this is a another reason, like you said, they should have six man trios, whatever belts. you want to call them. Because I mean, there's there's a lot of factions running around. There's a lot of you know three team uh, trios out there. I don't see why you're not doing it at this point. I mean, just, Phoenix. 
Death Triangle versus Black Bull Combat Club. Shit. I mean, that's got money, right? <laughs> you going to tell me we couldn't put that on an AEW pay-per-view somewhere, fit that joker in? Right. Give me a fucking break. You get more so people in the, uh, You get more people involved, okay. and then ultimately it just it, everybody wins, I think, if you do it like that. Throw in what, Zach? Throw in House of Black have a triple tornado threat with ladders. <laughs> that, that was the sound of Zach when uh, Tony Khan announced the uh, the Forbidden Door pay per view last week. <laughs> God, I can't believe Zach wasn't here for that. Okay, yeah. So we didn't. You didn't get a chance to talk about it. I got to talk about WrestleMania two weeks ago when I wasn't here. Yeah, that's Tony a good Khan, point, Jason. Uh, Tony Khan announces the Forbidden Door uh, uh, pay per view. You threw out your uh, dream match. Uh, lineup card. I don't we know if you listened to the podcast last week, Zach, but we went over your dream lineup card one by one and talked about uh, whether it was a good or a bad idea. Just for the record, you were batting like nine fifty. <laughs> like we were like, we were like, oh fuck! And like we were like, okay, here's two beers, dream, uh, forbidden door card, and every match we were like, oh fuck yeah, yes, come on, give it to me. <laughs> Obushi, I actually put a lot of work into that. Did you put Obushi on that uh, list? I don't think I saw. Him. I can't remember. We should come up with the at the end of every <laughs> at the end of every podcast. We should determine who gets the book the territory for the week. Like who has the best That's week a, of the it, podcast, right? Because well, last week, had the best last idea. week it would have been Zach. Without even being here. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to drop this nugget in. I'm going to leave you guys to it. You should listen to it. We tickle your balls the entire time. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, no, I've been stupid busy, and I really been, I, I want to listen last week. Uh, so I'll cut that in this weekend. But, uh, but yeah, uh, basically, whenever he made this announcement, I essentially, that's what first thing I started doing was like putting together a card in my head and I was just like, oh, bend me over and put it in my forbidden door, Tony Khan. <laughs> Dude, you are crazy. The only one, the only thing I can say about the, your card that I, uh, there was one match that we were like, you know, maybe we should do this or that or whatever the case may be. Outside of that, well, there's somebody left off completely. Oh, Punk was left off completely, completely. right? Yeah. Uh, so I did amend it because I, I had everything. Everything only. Um, I started with Omega Okada because that's just what you do. But then I was like, wait, he's not active, so I changed Punk uh, with Omega, so it would be Punk Okada. I think you had, um, you had Ishii versus Kingston. Yeah, that sounds badass. Okay. Bring the ice bass to that motherfucker. Man, this is this 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 pay per view. I feel like it's made for this podcast. Oh, for sure. It's <laughs> like yeah, like we're all NJPW marks. Me and Zach are extreme AEW marks, and you're not very far behind us. No. Like this is made for us because oh, we know every dude that they're every New Japan dude that's going to be on there. We will know. It's so many possibilities. That you can do, and there's probably ones that we haven't even thought of yet. Who did Zach have against Suzuki? Uh, Jericho. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah. It was because, Fine. like, their, their <laughs> winner gets to Jericho's match a match. Already, <laughs> <laughs> Jericho's already wrestled uh, a lot of those guys. Uh, you know, I was like, I'll oh, put the old guys together and let them have a geezer match where they can hit each other real hard and, and save places. But but uh, 
Like we have to. We I'm looking forward to that pay per view so much. That's, that should be a that's two, my WrestleMania this summer. That should be a two night card because it's just so many fucking matches. Man, it should be like yeah. six or seven at the minimum each night. You'd have fourteen matches if they do it again next year for 2023. It should be a two night card. Do it Friday or do it Saturday and Sunday. Actually, and I don't know who Zach it. had against Orange Cassidy, but I'd like to see Taichi. Yano. Oh, yeah, yeah. Duh. I mean, it, it might be a little too goofy. Yano Danhausen, that's, I mean, now we're. Come on, man. You Actually, want, you... <laughs> I, had, I had Yano and Taguchi versus Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Those were the, that was the, the team. <laughs> okay. Boom. Great all thing alike. <laughs> Especially all when you're life. from the exact same area in the country and you're both white and you both have beards and <laughs> you're both not very good looking and both overweight. Like, great minds think alike. <laughs> Other than that, we have nothing in common. <laughs> you, oh, you should I say marriage, I would like to say it. You know, oh, you, yeah, we both married. We married. <laughs> duh. Chicks that are related to each other. Yes. Yeah, first cousins that graduated from the same high school the same year. <laughs> yeah, they're the same age. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Outside of that, nothing in common whatsoever. Not, not a whole lot, no. Um, I will say uh, I, I hope this pay-per-view, obviously, but um, I do not expect it to look anything like uh, my dream scenario, mostly because I expect a lot more multi-man matches. Um, and then my most sincere hope is that uh, Tony Khan and um, I don't remember the New Japan president's name. Uh, I hope that they both acquiesce to allow their top guys to lose because it is good for business and that way we can see these singles matches and they aren't going to end in like bullshit finishes and maybe then you even have like you build excitement to where like yeah say it's Punk Okada right like Maybe have like have Okada lose the title and have Punk be the IWGP like champion for a minute. Like that is not bad for business. Yeah, or you know, either way, like it doesn't. Yeah, whichever because they can fly back and forth. Like it doesn't matter. No, it's good for their bottom line because if Punk if Punk won the IWGP championship and then he wrestled at Wrestle Kingdom, Jesus, Wrestle Kingdom buys would go up. There's no doubt. Now I don't know. What AEW gets out of this monetarily, I guess it can increase their, if, I mean, if Tony Khan, which he's a young guy, he's younger than me, I think he's like 39 or something, if he's playing the long game and he's thinking, man, 10 years from now, we could be the global, we could be the global promotion that WWE thought they could be by making NXT Japan or NXT India or whatever like that. Right. If Tony Khan's playing the long game, and he's like, someday Okada will walk into Daly's place and be the biggest star and be as over as fuck. Then I've accomplished my mission. If he's thinking about it that way, fucking God bless him. And I'm rooting for it because I am looking forward to Forbidden Door more than WrestleMania, more Easily. than any other Easily. AEW pay-per-view. Easily. I want to see this pay-per-view. Yeah. I want to see my Japan dudes go against my American dudes, and I want to see them fight. And I agree with Two Beer on this one, and then we can move on. Um, well, I want to move on because we got to talk about Adam Cole versus no, Ishii. No, 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 that's like, what, we should probably fold this into this conversation yeah, is what I'm that, saying. Okay, well, then I'll just say this. I hope that somehow, some way, the two top guys in New Japan and AEW can figure out a way that 
you know, both sides can get a dub here or there and elevate both promotions because ultimately I've that's one hundred percent trust in them. I, look, I, I, I would you outside outside of House of Torture, make, I would say everything else should be okay. House of Torture is probably just going. You go wouldn't over. make this big of a deal of the Forbidden Door pay per view unless you were willing to job your guys out to New Japan guys. All right. Sorry, Zach. We were like, hey, Zach, you um, can talk about it. And then me and Jason just end up talking about it the whole time. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm looking forward to it more than the next time I have sex. So that's like really saying something. Uh, hopefully <laughs> it is not uh, going to take until like June for that to happen. But, the look um, on my face is, as the single years, guy, I'm like, what? I'm Wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I'm rooting for you either way, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say going back to that uh, – segment with House of Black. Uh, Those class of 97 chicks, it. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? My favorite part about this segment was that they explained away Alex Abrahante's stupid gimmick outfit. Because I was like, man, it's one thing for Kenta to change his name and get like darker. But I'm like, Alex Abrahante is like, he just looks like he looks silly. Like I he's mean, a comedy fake. manager. No, I, I, yeah, but I just never, I never liked it, and I thought he looked. No, but I'm like with you though. Like he doesn't look that serious. No, I, I could not take him seriously in that costume. That was that was as bad as bad as it got. I was glad it was. Am I the dumbest person alive for not knowing what was going on there? I was like, who the fuck is in there talking? Like whose voice is that? Oh, whose voice is that? <laughs> Is that Cesaro? <laughs> calm down, calm down. I will say he'll be here in a little bit. Uh, I like, like, I like the female, fact, Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that they did have some fuckery involved where Phoenix was in the ring, and now you have Death Triangle back together. You have House of Black, obviously, as a trios unit. That's probably going to be a double or nothing match in some form or fashion, where all hell is going to break loose, and I'm looking forward to it. They have yeah, not totally. done a good job. Um, they have not done a good enough job with House of Black. That's just my bottom line. I think this is what they were waiting now, for. I think, like, but what uh, Jason was saying, they they seem like to have been just in a holding pattern. Like, you know, they got Julia Hart facing out, sitting on steps every week for two months now. Uh, they got they're doing vignettes like every single week. Well, House and, of Black's um, got to go over then, right? I would say yes. I think so. Yeah. It's not a knock against um, Death Triangle. I think they're, those guys are established. They're over. All right. So yeah, it ain't hurting them. No, not at all. Uh, so yeah, we can we can move on to the the main event. So I was saying was um, last week did not get to express my surprise that Scorpio Sky uh, lost that title, and I was like, as a very like big AEW fan, but I am critical of things whenever I think that it's like not good booking, which is rare or like maybe just like a segment that doesn't make sense, which is a little more common, but still like pretty rare. They, they do a pretty good job. I, I was like baffled. Right. And then I was just like, uh, you know, the dude from uh dumb and dumber when I was like, just when I think you can't get any dumber, you do something like this and totally redeem yourself. And that's how I felt. Man, whenever I, I picture you as a guy from Dumb and Dumber, I picture you as Jeff Daniels taking the shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm surprised that hasn't happened to me in my life yet. Uh, but, 
just the the awkward no no flushing in a in a stranger's house. Not the shit that shit happens every like thirty six hours. Sure, but um, so yeah, like I was flabbergasted whenever they took it off of him, and then I was just I didn't understand it. And then we had like the beginnings of a face turn, and I was also confused. It's like why is Dan Lambert even like approaching like a face and like is Scorpio's guy really gonna be a face? So it was just like I was wondering all this stuff. And, you know, they did like this hot potato thing with the with the title, which I'm generally against, but I feel like it actually worked out because the fans were really into Scorpio Sky winning it back. Oh the yeah. The fans were re- they were really into the skirmish with Paige Van Zant and Ty Conti. Yep. Uh I think everybody came out looking better and being in a more uh, appropriate scenario, and everything ended up making sense. So, like, I mean, I'm I'm back to fully trusting Tony Khan. Like, and then uh, Kazarian came out, and then Kazarian came out and said, and Scorpio Sky said, "You have the first challenge." And it's like, okay, well, that's how you tell a story. Like, you you bracket this very good ladder match with a story about Scorpio Sky giving Frankie Kazarian the first title shot it's like that's how you make weekly television the look and, on and, and and the the fact that the main event was between scorpio sky a guy who has really not been i mean he shows up every week but he really doesn't do anything but the crowd was so hot for him it's like that is a testament to the type of like faith that the crowd has in AEW. It's like, okay, I'm going to go to an AEW show and I don't have to see Roman Reigns. I don't have to see John Cena. Maybe I can see Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky and the wrestling will provide the entertainment which will get the characters over. You know what I mean? Yeah. That fucking rules. That's a really cool thing that does not happen in WWE at all. Oh shit! Okay, Do not look at the scores. I paused no, the Pelicans game. I'm not. I'm looking at the. We're draft, gonna watch the last five I'm, minutes. I'm, look, I'm okay. looking at the draft. All right. Calm down. All right. We're gonna watch the last five minutes of the Pelicans game when we go inside. Okay. Um. I'll just say this. Number one, I'm kind of surprised that they kind of hot shot the title back. Neither here nor there. It is what it is. Number two, are the fans rooting for Sky or are they booing Sammy and Ty Conte? I'm not sure that they're rooting. For Scorpio Sky. I'm One a, hand washes the other, brother. Third, and probably the most, not even the most important thing, but the thing that came off to me about this match, Sammy Guevara is reckless, okay? Let's just put that shit out there. When he did a, that 630 off of the the ladder and almost fell on his fucking head and they almost they had to kind of like slow down the match a little bit, there was no reason in the world to do that shit. Okay, I get it. You're crazy. We all get it. You're fucking crazy. But there's no reason in the world to do that spot. That was probably the one time in this whole match where I was just like, oh, fuck. He really fucked himself up. This shit's getting ready to go south. He does it way too often. Okay, I love Sammy Guevara to the fact that I'd like to see him at some point be the AEW champion. And that'll be like two, three, four years down the line once we get Adam Cole, Danielson, all the, you know, the current guys, their turn. Then I want to see Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, 
you know, MJF, that round of guys come up. If Sammy Guevara keeps doing shit like this, he's never going to make it to that point because there's no reason in the world to keep doing unnecessary bumps. The bump on the, the uh, not the steel cage, but the barbed wire ladder, okay, I get that. The bumps at the end, I get that. That bump was totally unnecessary because it didn't have anything to do with the match itself. It was just like, okay, I'm crazy. Watch this. Look. I love me some Sammy Guevara, but at a certain point, somebody needs to pull him aside and just be like, hey, motherfucker, you need to stop doing some silly shit like this. You're not going to fucking last. Outside oh, I'm of that, sure, like, I, I have to think that at least 30 people have pulled him aside and told him that shit, and he's just, like, young and dumb and just doesn't look, doesn't feel the bump. He can't be full of cum. He's having sex with Ty Conte. At a certain point, you're going to have to be able to figure this shit out. It's longevity with Sammy Guevara. He could easily be an AEW champion at some point if he just stops doing the silly shit. Okay? I don't know how he has time for like uh, vlogging and stuff. All I'd be doing is just pineapple all the time. Okay, well, see, that's, that's the difference between you and Sammy Guevara. You know, he, he can multitask. You know, two beers just <laughs> two beers just a one one trick pony over here. You know, straight straight ahead. Fucking a. Uh, did we we didn't talk about Cole Ishii? Did we? No, we just finished up uh, the dynamite portion of the program. Right, I thought that Sky winning was cool. Uh, I've said my piece. Uh, Ishi Adam Cole, bang, baby. Bang. Uh, Zach, did you watch this? Yeah, I uh, watched it on Friday. Uh, super solid. Uh, you know, it was kind of fun because it was Ishi wrestling and Adam Cole match, and he still did his Ishi stuff. It wasn't just like you know, an Ishii match, but it definitely had all the trappings of one. Um, you know, Jay White I would love to see him take around. a uh, Panama Sunrise. Oh, man. I probably would. Like, he didn't know so that shit. <laughs> Just take a Panama Sunrise stand <laughs> right, right up. Right say, no problem, motherfucker. <laughs> Give it to me again. Totally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jay White being on the show, super cool. Jay White has so much upside it is a real shame we haven't seen more of him uh you know no, no, pandemic no. kind of slowed him down so he's coming back home don't you worry about that g1 is coming up here in a little bit yeah yeah totally but uh what do you guys think uh somebody said this well, you know the antonio banderas meme where he just sits back and he like he's like so satisfied you're like g1's coming up on like oh Man, he even had sex yet. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds so good. I love the G1. Hey, man, baby. Uh, so somebody posted this on Reddit, and uh, even as a huge Adam Cole fan, I like kind of agreed with it, and I wanted to bring it up uh, with you guys. Like Adam Cole, he seems like he wrestles on a AW episode like every week, and I'm sure they're paying him a decent amount of money getting the mileage out, but I feel like we see him wrestle so much and it's a lot of the same stuff all the time, which happens whenever you see somebody wrestle so much. Um, but I feel like his character, especially because it's the same character that was in NXT, I feel like Adam Cole's getting a little stale and I still love him. I still think he's great, but he's not, as, it, I'm not as excited about him now as I was when he first I, came in. I have thoughts on this. 
Go ahead. I, I got thoughts on it too. My thoughts are he is one of the best heel performers that is in wrestling today. The problem with Adam Cole, baby, is that when he's in the ring, he's always Adam Cole. Like, perfect, 100%, A-plus, fucking clean Adam Cole, baby. Just clear shit. Just cut. Just What's the... What's the term they use in Coke movies when they talk about Coke being really good? You know, um, it's queen. <laughs> no, that's not the term though. I can't pure remember. pure. It's like pure uncut, uncut right, is what uncut. I was gonna say. He's just pure uncut, Adam Cole, baby, right? And then when they put him in these backstage segments and he's stuck between Red Dragon and Young Bucks, he kind of gets kind of cucked a little bit. It's like, hey, dude, it's like. He he doesn't seem as mean anymore or as heelish. He seems like he's stuck between these two guys. And so they make the Red Dragons the heel. They make our Red Dragon the heel. They make the Young Bucks the heel. And then Adam Cole's like stuck between these two heels. And he's like trying to impress them both. And it really undercuts his character. Now, I bet that they probably kind of realize this at this point. Because they've done less of it. But. I think that's kind of what's fucking up Adam Cole's character. Oof, I mean, shit. I did not anticipate that. Um, for me, I think Adam Cole's character is a little too reminiscent of what they did in NXT, hence uh, Undisputed Elite. I'm not asking for, you know, something to be, you know, that creative, but just be a little more creative than that. From there, I don't... I don't think it's stale. I just think that I'm looking for something for Adam Cole to do. He just had two title matches. I'm not, I'm not talking about that, okay? I'm talking about... The, He's involved the, uh, every week. No, I'm talking about bigger picture. I'm talking like Bullet Club versus Bullet Club, him versus Kenny Omega. I'm not even worried about him being the champion. If he was the champion, I expect him to be at some point. When that happens, great. If he doesn't become champion, that to me is more so of a bigger story, and that's another story for another time. I'm looking for Bullet Club implosion. That to me is the story that I'm waiting for versus him becoming champion. What does Zach think? I mean, I kind of think less in terms of program and just kind of more in terms of character. Um, You know, we always talk about folks transitioning and kind of like, uh, you know, evolving, right? And Listen, I am Adam pro Cole folks transitioning. Awesome. I don't want us to get thrown under the bus out here. I am pro transitioning. In fact, I'm pro Adam Cole transitioning, just so I can see him as a one. Dude, what the fuck, man? He's very good looking. Britt Baker might have a problem with that. I don't give a fuck. It's not oh, my problem. <laughs> That's not a YP. Or that's not an MP. That's a YP. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, uh, and I'm not even like bringing this up because I think, uh, I'm not even saying anything bad per se. It's just that uh, Adam Cole has been the same character since I've ever seen him. Um, and it's a great character. And he's so good at it. And he's such a good wrestler. But I just think maybe it's less about programming and less about booking and more about him finding a story, some some story to tell 
uh, that evolves his character. All right. Uh, Rampage had some good moments. I want to save Hook and Danhausen for the end <laughs> because I do want to hear Zach's point on this because I kind of went off on a tangent. Oh, yes, you did. Last week. <laughs> oh, yes, And I got did. called out on Twitter about it. Um, but we had Lance Archer and Sup- Serpentico. And Lance Archer did a bunch of choke slams in a row to get ready for the Wardlow match. That was funny. Uh, Swerve and Keith Lee and Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> Can we all just get both? Along? Both had a couple good insults on each other. We talked about this last week. Why they had to have all the black dudes in the same program? Um, just, I'm, just, I'm sure just Zach would together. have agreed with that. <laughs> just band together. Uh, we could take over AEW. Swerve called. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, Calvin and Hobbs. Dude, I was done. Which was good. <laughs> but then Ricky Starks came back with something better. Bree called Swerve and Keith Lee a broke ass Keenan and Kel. Which <laughs> was I was like, dude, okay. Y'all need to stop. <laughs> like, y'all need to stop. I can't even listen Broke to the rest of this. Broke ass I can't even listen that to the rest good. of this. Oh, that is promo. good. That I was is, like, dude, I'm done. That is funny. <laughs> I'm like, just let them talk. We don't even need to re- see them wrestle. Just let them talk. Anyway, uh, then we had Jade versus Maria Shafir. Unless, oh, sorry, Zach, did you have something to say about uh, all the black guys fighting each other? No, it was real funny, though. <laughs> I'd say if this was Vince, we'd have a whole lot more to say about it. So then Jade Cargill goes over Marina Shafir. Did come you on. see that coming? Yeah. Come I on, I mean, man. I did too. Come on. This I would have picked bad. Jade. This, is, this was bad. Well, they basically set Marina Shafir up, and this is one of my, my – Wait, bo- so what's bad about it? That Marina Shafir jobbed? No, the match itself was bad. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, I don't Jade Cargill's bad. I mean – Jade Cargill is not bad. Jade Cargill is hold green. On. Hold on. You and I are in the same place, so we get to just yell at each other, and we constantly block Zach out. Sorry, Tubier. Go ahead. But hold on a second, Jason. What the fuck did you just say? (laughs) No. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry. (laughs) No, all I was saying was uh, they uh, were setting up Raina Shafir to, you know, feed her to Jane Cargill. That was no surprise. But I also feel like maybe, I don't know if, like, she signed, uh, if it was, like, a tryout thing. I feel like it was a tryout thing, though. Like, she did not do well. Like, nobody cared about Marina Shafir at all. Like, that was just uh, a very unfortunate program that I'm glad is over. I'm telling you, nobody looks like a star next to Jade Cargill. She is. No. She is so crazily, like, such a perfect body and i'm not saying this as a pervert i'm 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 a pervert but like i'm not saying this as a pervert i'm saying her she looks perfect and she is like you would i want to like paint her and i don't know how to paint yes sculpture out of like clay she looks unbelievable and uh nobody looks like a star next to her and that's why when you guys were saying that Britt baker is the face of the division yes she might be the face. She might have held the belt for a long time. Jade Cargill is a star, is a star, She's the is future. a star. She's a big, bright, shining star. She's the future of the division. And when Britt called her, oh, mentioned her by name in last week's, I think it was Rampage or whatever, that's when I was like, oh, we might actually be opening the door right. for, She's on the radar. Yes. for Britt versus Jade, which ultimately gets Jade over more. 
if that match actually Jade's happens. Jade's not a terrible wrestler. She's not a good wrestler. No, I think it's she is no, a long term project. Level of experience. Exactly. Yeah, like she's learning on live TV, and she's and that and that's the biggest thing. So you you never there was never a. A no. thought in your mind no. that Maria Shafir no. would go over. Hell no. Zach, did you think that Maria Shafir would go over? Oh, definitely not. I'm telling you, before I saw Maria Shafir like fight at the beginning, I was like, yeah, there's a chance they could and then I was like, Well She's not big enough. So they made they made that big of a deal just to put Jade Cargill over? Fuck yes. That is good booking. That's good television. Fuck yes. And I'll tell you what, this was one of the worst dynamites that they've had in the last year. It was not a very good well, dynamite. This was Rampage, so I'm willing to no, give I'm, them a, I'm, a I'm, I'm just talking oh, about this oh, week of dynamite. Okay. I was all ready to come on here and be like, yeah, you guys know I didn't like this much. But it's so much more interesting to talk about dynamite than it is about WWE. Bottom line. And yeah, I watched all of, of NXT today. All of it. Look at you. Doing my homework. Yeah. Don't be looking at me talking about doing my homework. Fuck you. I, I didn't look at you like that. I'll say I'm watching that bullshit. You're a nerd. Uh, so let's get to that three counts. <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to know sell it in exact laugh, so that's not my fault. All right. I won't bore you guys with NXT talk. Uh, with NXT talk well, I, I do want to talk about the two matches that you told me to watch from NJPW, which was the Never Six Man, which was... Sorry, uh, Yujiro, Show, and Evil, the House of Torture, against, help me out, um, Tamataga. It was basically G.O.D. and uh, Tanahashi as the opponents. Yes. So, we got some normal House of Torture shit here. Yeah. But. Uh, go ahead. It's a six-man match, so it doesn't bother me as much. It bothers me a lot when it's one-on-one. But when it's six men, and they're just fucking around, and it's Dick Togo and uh, uh, what's his? Jado. Jado, and they're getting into it, too. Then it's okay. It's like it's a wrestling match. It's fun. It's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be main event wrestling stuff, but no. it's supposed to be fun. No, I, I was going to say this was actually the uh, the semifinal on the uh, the, the 25th. I'll just say this. Oh, I haven't seen the final then. No, it was the semi. It was the two matches from the same card. This was the semi main event. event. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Bad, okay. Better choice of words. I'll just say this. A quick sidebar. Uh, two beer. When uh, you were, obviously you hadn't listened to last week's show, but in line when I was going into the uh, the Windy City Riot uh, event on Saturday last, I guess a couple of Saturdays ago. I saw a guy with a House of Torture shirt on, and I was literally like two seconds away. If the line wasn't so ridiculously long and it wasn't so cold, I was going to go up there and be like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'd rather wear a Hulk Hogan shirt. (laughs) I would rather wear a Hulk Hogan (laughs) shirt than wear a House of Torture shirt. I was was literally like this close to be like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Tell me this is a fucking joke or you lost a bet or something along those lines. What the fuck is wrong with him? Like I said, I wish I wish I went up and asked him that shit. All right, so Jason, what you think of this match? Zach didn't. Fine. Zach didn't watch it. It was I, fine. It's gonna say it's, Zach doesn't have to watch it. No, it, ultimately it was basically House of Torture one hundred and one. Unlike six man matches, in, especially in New Japan, because it feels like everybody gets a little taste of the action. 
But when it when push comes to shove, especially when it comes to House of Torture, it becomes about Dick Togo. It becomes about evil, low blows, shit like that. To where now, as soon as Dick Togo gets on the fucking a- apron, I'm just rolling my eyes. You know how this is gonna go. Let's and, and it basically just went that way. Let's tell Zach about the main event because this is a stipulation that I've never seen before. I've I've never heard this before. Never heard of this before. No. So the stipulation. KOBW uh, trophy the, on the line. KOB, KOPW championship. It was Shingo versus Taichi. And the first guy to have, how would you even explain this? It was, to have it was the, ref, of, the referee it was slam one, count two, match. three. So, so you needed 30. Yeah, you, the first guy to get to 30 counts so wins the match. So if you pin a guy for one, if you pin a guy for one, you get one point. If the referee goes one, and then you kick out. You that's got one, one point. That's one point. But if you put somebody down really hard, you can get more than three. It was a couple they times it was out. like four, five, six, where then somebody kicked out, so that was like six points. Does so this I was make like, sense? Oh, okay. Does this make sense, Zach? Yeah. Okay, so it was Tai Chi versus Shingo. Right. Shingo won thirty to twenty nine. Right. Because his made in Japan. Got a six count. Right. He was down 29 to 24. <laughs> it was like watching basketball. I was like, okay, come on. Shingo needs to make a run now. When you, were watching, when you were watching this, did oh, you like it? That's that's hilarious. So, like, you can go more than three. So you, can like, go you, more, six, you can go yeah. more than three. There yes. was a couple of times where uh, Tai Chi had, like, a six count. Shingo won on the six count. There was a Gato clutch that was, like, four or five. <laughs> right. So, I was like, oh, okay, now I'm starting to get it. Ultimately, it didn't make sense before I watched it. I no. was like, they need 30 pinfalls? I was that, like, this is going to take, take forever. forever. take forever, looking, man. Yeah, I'm looking at the time, like, 45 <laughs> minutes. Ain't no way. Man, ain't no way we going to get 30 fucking pins in 45 minutes. This is going to be the worst WWE shit I've ever seen in my goddamn life. So I was immediately pissed. But then as the match started to, to go along, you could see the counter on the, the lower left-hand side. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. So for me... The match itself, if you took the counter away, it was basically a New Japan match versus tai Chi, with tai Chi versus Shingo for the KOPW championship. I actually like this match. It's I'm not a huge fan of the KOPW on record. To me, Yano kind of fucked it up a little bit, but it's comedy and wrestling. These two jokers like it. You know me. I'm just not a big fan of it. I watch New Japan because I don't want to see too much comedy. Yano is about enough as it is that I need to see at any given point. That being said, this was to me a straight up New Japan match, but they just counted the number of times that Red Shoes hit the fucking mat. If it's all weird stuff like this, like I'm down with it, but Zach, I'm going to ask you is the KOBW belt. It's a is, trophy. God damn it. Don't even give it that much fucking credit. It's a is fucking Shingo trophy. El- is Shingo elevating it, or is the trophy bringing Shingo down? I don't think either. Um, I, I think it's such a, a non-issue. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you're right. It's Pick a side then, motherfucker! Pick um, a side! I mean... We're on TV. <laughs> Side, I think the KOPW matters at all. Um, but on the other, I actually kind of like uh, that it adds just some uh, 
variety, right? I like the variety that it adds to some of the shows. Sure, and they put it on Shingo so it could headline small shows so, like yeah. this, right? Yeah, like it, yeah, very. Now listen, plan. of the five KOPW champions that I can think of, it's Yano and Chase Owens who are both lower card, lower mid card. That's being generous. Like the, they're in the G one, but they are lower mid card. They're not even mid card, right? They and won't be in the G one if it's a AEW stack. Okay, oh, right, 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 right. 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 oh I was about to say, dude, Jesus come on, man, Christ. Come on. I was about to say, you can't say that shit in front of Bill. You just always God how you react to your oh regular G one. I just start fucking <laughs> the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I was to say, come on, man. I was to say, I'm gonna need you to back off that AEW portion Damn. of the G one. Make it forty dudes. <laughs> Make it last all year. Make it eighty dudes. Hey. AEW tournament. Hey, I say we'll never fucking get anything done. It'd be the G one ban from ringside podcast. <laughs> What's WWE? <laughs> what Roman Reigns lost? You're shitting me. I'm down with it. <laughs> Fuck. What was the other thing I was about to say? Oh, so and then the other guys. The other guys are Suzuki, Suzuki, Tai Chi, and Shingo. So it's like Yano and Chase Owens. They're lower, lower mid card, and then you have Shingo, former champion, Suzuki. Former champion, and then you have not former champion, but Suzuki's champion. never won the championship. Inter- Intercontinental champion, he's never won the title. And Taichi, who has he's somewhere in the middle. He has yeah. raised himself up from a guy who was lower mid card to not, if not low card, to being a guy that like it's almost kind of must watch. Legitimately, I love Taichi. When Taichi comes on for tournaments, it, to me that's now much. So watch. the KOPW thing is. Well, that's the question. Like, is he elevating it, or is the championship bringing him down? And I would argue that it's the latter. I'd say it's bringing him down. I agree totally. I agree totally. Yano held it too long. It's not even that. It it is, and I'm a Yano fan. I don't think it's – I don't mind a long title reign, okay, as long as it's – you know, it it keeps people invested. For me, when you have – Minoru Suzuki being put in a dog cage, that's where I draw the line. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cannot be a part of this nonsense anymore. I get it. It's not rude. So, it's well good, man. I, I just don't give it up to just everybody. You know, you have to make you know, I have to have conversation. You know, you have to stimulate my mind and my body versus just stimulate my body. That's getting horny up in here. <laughs> uh Zach, any final thoughts? Nah, uh, I am ready to see. What'd you say? <laughs> I am ready to see uh, Danielson uh, at all in a Q1, though. I think that is real deal uh, exciting, even more so than a super show AW New Japan. Uh, he ain't lying. I was about to say one versus 10 or 12 matches. Shit, I'll take 10 or 12 any day. That's going to do for our three count. One, two, three. All right, real quick, I'm going to run through NXT because I watched it. Look at you. You guys don't have to say anything. Oh, shit, Aaron. Yeah, I'll talk to you when you get home. Uh, they took it over. Jesus Christ almighty. Huh? So What are you doing? 
The Steelers uh, took tank. We have Kenny Lash Legends versus Nikita Lions. Any thoughts? Um, interesting. Cor- I'll just say it like that. Interesting. <laughs> Cora Jade and Natty come out. Now he's a big time heel now. Uh, Grayson Waller, Andre Chase, Nathan Frazier. Um, not sure who Nathan, Nathan Frazier is. Um, Andre Chase versus Grayson Waller is a little weird because they're, they're both heels. But. Katie Catanzaro is now Katana Chance. Jesus Christ. Leave shit alone. Uh, okay. Uh, Kaylee Ray is now Alba, Fry, uh, Alba Fire. Uh, I'm Alba counting Fry the days be until she gets fucking released. Uh, Solo Sokoa. That sounds like a... That sounds like a spicy hamburger at Carl's Jr. Mm. Can I get the <laughs> Alba Fry? Mm. Solo <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sokoa versus Trick Williams. Solo Sokoa is... He's the deal. Big time. He's good. Um, Viking Raiders versus Malik just, Blade. Just answer the damn phone. Just no, I'm not going to answer the phone. Look at you. No. Okay. No. Nope. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. Declining. <laughs> She just gonna keep calling, man. You better talk. Viking Raiders are fighting the Creeds next week. I guess we're going with um, the Dolph Ziggler program, where Viking Raiders aren't doing a damn thing on the main roster, and it's not even close. The fact that they're not even in a in this tag team picture, where it's basically Usos, Street Profits, and um, RK Bro, they're not even in uh, the discussion at this point. A little disappointing, so you might as well send them to NXT. Hopefully they can get the Cree brothers over and uh, you can move on from there. Well, you certainly ruined this segment. Hey, okay, man, look, uh, I'm just it Steiner, that's it. Hey. Yeah, a bunch of Druids falling on Steiner. Yeah, yeah that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you watch it every week. Hey, we had some birthdays this week. Uh, Alex Riley is 41. Hey, Rye. Drew Gulak is 35. Titus O'Neill. I can't get get excited about Tyus O'Neill. He's a Florida Gator. Can't 45. Jay Lethal is 37. Is that right? Uh, Santos. What the As- fuck? He's 37. That can't be right, is it? Dude. He was wrestling when he was four. That, I was going to say, that means he is 10 years younger than me. That is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, not that ridiculous. Now, fuck it? you, motherfucker. First and foremost. Uh, Santos Escobar is 38. I'll look up Jay Lethal. Santos Escobar is 38. Big Boss Man. Now, this one fucked me up. How old do you think Big Boss Man is? I thought he was RIP number one. Well, I mean, how old, yeah, do, you think, how okay. old do you think he would you be? You mean uh, Ray Trailer? <laughs> I mean, if that's what you want to call him, I call him Big Boss Man, but we were buds. 62. 59. Not that, not that far off. I mean, Jay Lethal was born in 1985. He's 37. Dude, I'm calling horse yeah, shit on that. He was born 19 days like uh, after me. I'm older than Jay Lethal. What the fuck is going on around uh, here, man? This guy's name is The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure who that guy is. <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> sure is good. Dumb gimmick. That's a dumb gimmick. <laughs> I say, I know who Rocky Maivia is. Now that dude. Oh, Rocky Maivia is 50. Uh, <laughs> Stu Hart. Shit. Same birthday as Rocky Maivia. Shut up. 107. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Mr. Fuji would have been 87 RIP and Orange Casty is 38. Wow. Okay. Hey everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. 
for Joey O'Farrell, for Grandel Wrestling. Go Jack. get your tickets at Grandel Wrestling. G-R-A-N-D-E-L. For Lucha Chris, who Jack. we should see. We're going to see Patriot Pat, too. I think so. We are seeing him this, this Sunday or Saturday. I'm Everybody, sorry. Black Lives Matter. Jack. Support your local weed dealers. Support your local restaurants. For Jack. Two Beers Act Pullman out in Portland. For Jason Cornelius Jack. Bell. I am Bill Vigie. And never forget, everybody... Boo the heels. Boo!